What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel. Take a fly. Ship me trace it out of sight. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. It's time for that part of the offseason where we talk about the future. <laughs> and the future is bright with a lot of 2019 rookies. So that's what we're going to yeah. invest our time in tonight. And why don't we just start with one of the most pleasant surprises. Now, it didn't matter a lot in most leagues, because not everybody was playing Kyler Murray, but he did yeah. better than you and I probably both suspected. Well, if we could travel back in time to <laughs> one of the episodes where we talked about him, I was just saying, don't put all your eggs on him. He's not the basket you want to put your eggs in because he's a rookie now. And then there's people like, uh, Russell Wilson that was getting drafted after Kyler Murray is just like, this is ridiculous. Now, Russell kind of fell off a little bit from where he started, but like still, that was something you shouldn't have been doing in the draft, regardless of how well Kyler Murray performed, because he did. He did really well, uh, well enough to where you could have started him if you wanted to. But there's probably other guys you could have started in his place as well. But he was a pleasant surprise. Did better than what I think we were. I don't know if expecting is the right word, but yes. Uh, well, I'll just end it with expecting. <laughs> expecting is close enough. I mean, he scored yeah. uh, an average of almost 24 points a week in the flag league, which is yeah. fine yeah. enough. And he was probably on a cheap enough contract. Yeah, I'm seeing he's on $3.40, and that's a darn cheap uh, contract for a good quarterback in that league so uh, that that is a good person to have stashed in a dynasty uh, 16 team league uh, definitely um, mm-hmm. another quarterback Daniel Jones he was such yep. an up and down quarterback all year long he would go off and throw four touchdowns one <laughs> week and then he would get <laughs> sub double digits the next I mean I'm not sure what to expect out of Daniel Jones going forward but it really can't be any worse than what we ever got out of Eli Manning in New York. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. Um, it's weird because you look at the average. Calamari had you know almost 24, and so did Daniel Jones. But it's completely different. Like Calamari was very consistent across the board. He had a couple weeks that weren't good, and but Daniel Jones had one, uh, two, uh, three, four. I mean, he had he was not consistent when it came down to it and yes i mean he had a 40 point week a 49 point week uh you didn't see that out of keller murray so much i don't think he even cracked he cracked 41 week but he had a 30 another 37 a 34 a 25 a 29 these are the things that make you a little bit better and more consistent where daniel jones he just wasn't consistent but he had the big huge weeks that put him to the 23.812 points per game. (laughs) And he also didn't play. He didn't play the entire year either. He had a a few weeks where he was, you know, not playing, but Kyler Murray played every single week. So if you take out something you can look at, but you have to look at. Yeah. If you take out week one where Daniel Jones only got 1.45 points, just coming in for a little bit of relief, he probably actually averaged better 
than Kyler Murray, but right. you yeah, had to play him on the right point. weeks to actually get what you wanted out of him. Uh, Wouldn't have been a bad best ball type of guy if you were really hoping for something big, you know, something, especially if it's on like a fan duel or something like that, you know, definitely spending cheap money <laughs> to get something and hopefully you get a 40 point game out of him. And the one game you would have really wanted him uh, was when he was hurt and Eli Manning came back and played against that poor Eagles secondary. I, we probably <laughs> would have lost if Daniel Jones were the quarterback that week. Um, we got two other quarterbacks we'll talk about, and then we'll talk about how we feel about them going into 2020. Uh, the other main guy that was in the news for multiple reasons, Gardner Minshew. Everybody likes mm-hmm. his uh, mustache. Everybody likes his outfits, <laughs> um, his pregame routines. There were um, interesting uh, things about Gardner Minshew. And then Nick Foles came back. And yeah. then they decided uh, our offensive line Never sucks mind. and Nick Foles is not as mobile <laughs> as Gardner Minshew, so let's just ride it out. Gardner yeah. Minshew was fun to watch. He had some amazing plays where he avoided, I don't know how many defenders, uh, and avoided the sack and still throw touchdown passes. But mm. overall, he just he was kind of meh. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, when it comes to fantasy football, he was fairly consistent, but it wasn't like something you felt confident in. So there's a difference between confident consistency with Kyler Murray and then the 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 Minshew. <laughs> it's what they're confident. <laughs> the it Minshew meh, but it's just the Minshew meh. That's we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna patent that. But it's just yeah, there's a difference there. You have to you have to understand. There's fantasy football. It's about numbers, but it's also about feelings sometimes. And sometimes you're way off on your feelings. But I never really had that really good feeling about Gardner Minshew, where to where I was like, I think I need to start him this week. Well, Kyler Murray, yeah, of course, I would have them feelings with him because he was consistent and he had that big playability to where it wasn't just basing it off of fluke touchdowns where he's not getting tackled and he throws one up and it's a touchdown. So that's the difference between uh, – Murray and Minshew and Daniel Jones is a little bit different of a story there too, but uh, I think we got one more quarterback. We're one more about. quarterback who did not get to play until week 13, Drew Locke. He yeah. came in and kind of impressed, but then kind <laughs> of went back down by the end of the season. Um, we pretty much know that. Joe Flacco is not going to be the guy there. So we can assume, let's just assume all four of these quarterbacks are going to start next season. Um, Like I said, with Drew Locke, he kind of just petered out. He had a good uh, week, first start, and threw up 19 points. Average game, Mm. meh. 34 the next week, we're like, oh, well, maybe this kid's (laughs) got something. And then an 8, a 17, and a 16. So we don't know what we're going to get out of Drew Locke right now. But, again, he only had five games to show us anything. Um, So I guess we'll start with him. What do you think about his future in 2020? Well, I can tell you that there's no real reason to draft him unless something really big happens in the offseason to where you're just like, okay, he's got this target and this target, and now he's got this target. 
uh, that he has got to be able to do something. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that Drew Locke is somebody that if you really think there's a chance, it's worth putting on your roster. But other than that, there's really no reason to draft him. There's not, there's a ton of other guys that are going to be out there. So I, I, I lean towards it doesn't matter with him at this point, but I think there's a chance. Obviously, there's always a chance with somebody. Uh, we had no idea that Mahomes was going to be great two years ago, and there happened. So maybe Drew Locke is one of them guys that just all of a sudden comes out of nowhere and becomes a great guy, but I'm leaning towards probably not. I think the one good thing about Drew Locke is that he will learn how to force the ball to Cortland Sutton if they don't have Marshalls <laughs> for targets. Maybe right. Noah Fant gets something in there next year. We'll get to him later. That was not one yeah. of my prouder um, moments at the beginning <laughs> of the season. But I think Drew Locke can support a number one wide receiver, whether that means he's yeah. a startable quarterback in fantasy that is yet to be seen, and again, I'm with you. I probably won't be drafting him next year unless it's just Most uh, people won't be. Unless it's a super flex league, and then I would have to oh, be yeah. at the very tail end. Yeah. But yeah. he has upside. I think he'll be all right, but I don't see any uh, spectacularness out of him yet, if that's a word. Right. It is now. Okay, good enough. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you completely. Um, we'll move back to Gardner Minshew. I still don't know that the Jags <sighs> know what they're going to do with their quarterbacks. I mean, obviously, yeah. if they could get rid of Nick Foles' contract, they would and just stick with Minshew. Mm-hmm. But they have now <laughs> the highest paid backup in the league if Minshew is the starter. <laughs> Uh, we've been through this before. Maybe Nick Foles just thrives better uh, as a backup and thrust into the spotlight later on in the season. <laughs> well, just have Minshew take the first snap and then have Nick Foles do the rest every single game. And then Nick Foles will be a superstar. But um, now Minshew, I think he's got, like you said, there's a, there's a, there's a conflict in that organization. We don't really know what's going on. And that's going to drop his value or it's going to probably give his value a little bit of a boost, but it's going to drop his his stock on the draft boards, and you're not going to really know what to do with this unless we get some more information later on when it gets a little closer to the season because a lot of a lot of these drafts are going to be before before we know something. So <laughs> Very true. It, it, it's honest. Everybody's drafting, and nobody's drafting now, but it's going to happen sooner than you think. But we won't know the information for some of these drafts, and then some of these people, you know, you always get, get the people that are like, why do people draft so early? It's so dumb. Well, yeah, well, it's fun. That's why we do it. Anyway, <laughs> back on the Gardner Ministry, I just, <laughs> I just don't think there's enough information right now for me to say that I would be willing to draft him at this moment. I, there's a chance I would if I knew 100% he was a starter, but even then, it's, it's at the back end of the draft if I am. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a wait-and-see approach with Gardner Minshew, Again, in Superflex, he'll be a fine number two probably, but I'm not looking to overspend to get him on a dynasty team or anything like that. Um, yeah, yeah it, and again, it's it's just going to be, will they let him loose next year if they name him their starting quarterback early and make Nick Foles go somewhere else? 
then he'll have an entire offseason with the first team. Maybe he'll look better. Um, their wide receiver core is very young, so they can grow together. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of ifs there. So I'm not buying too hard on Gardner Minshew. I am. Yeah. It, Go ahead. Okay, well, uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about Daniel Jones next. Or yes, not. I was. What? Okay. <laughs> I, I do think when it comes to dynasty, you're right on Minshew. You don't really know what you're getting out of it. So you probably want to stay away from it for, for the most part. But Daniel Jones, to me, in dynasty leagues, I want him because they are not going away from Daniel Jones. I promise you he will be the quarterback for that team for at least three years. So if you're in dynasty and you're going to take a chance on somebody, Daniel Jones is probably the guy you want to take a chance on because they're going to give him every single opportunity to be the franchise player that they think. They had, frankly, an Eli Manning, even though Eli only won half of his games. He, he had <laughs> exactly half. I love that. <laughs> yep, Daniel Jones, I was just going to say I am buying on Daniel Jones as well. He seems to have all the tools, whether or not he gets it all together and can be the whole package by reading defenses and calling audibles and all that comes with being a leader in a New York football team because we have seen many quarterbacks over the years on the other New York football team here and there. And hopefully you found the one that is stuck, but it does take, it does take a certain mentality to be successful in New York. And you just mentioned Eli Manning was 500 exactly in his career, but he did win two Super Bowls, So that is successful enough for, Anybody that is a Giants fan to say that was my quarterback and I'm proud of it him. It was worth it. It was it's worth, worth it. it if you're a Giants fan. Yep. And uh, him and his father saying we're not going to play in San Diego was probably one of the best moves that they ever did. Yeah, I mean, at that point you're thinking, wow, what a crazy horrible move like what the kind of people are these people? Why would you not want to play in San Diego? Ah. But it ended up working out just fine. He got two Super Bowls. He's well-known enough to where we could probably talk about this in the next episode. Right. I think, yeah, we'll we'll get there maybe. We'll just talk about it in the next episode. So tune in to the next episode. And Yes, on Fuel on the Fire where we just (laughs) get into the meat of the NFL stuff. We'll we'll get more into there. Um, So, again, we probably don't need to talk too much about Kyler Murray. He is somebody – that will probably yep. be drafted as a quarterback yep. one next year. Whether or not I, I do yep. that or not will depend uh, a lot on their offensive line situation, their running back situation. Uh, David Johnson just kind of disappeared and Kenyon Drake yep. took over, but I don't even think Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. has a contract, so that they bring him back. Uh, Larry we Fitzgerald <laughs> is coming back for another season, so that is a plus yep. when it comes to Kyler yep. Murray. And it's a plus that all the other wide receivers on that team, because they are stacked with young wide receivers and some that were hurt. So Larry Fitzgerald coming back next year will improve those guys' chances to be successful, you know, in the future. I mean, we didn't even get to see Hakeem Butler this last year. So he'll get a shot this next season if he doesn't get hurt. And he could be that DK Metcalfish person. um, Right for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but, yeah, um, Kyler Murray is a back-end quarterback. One is probably not a bad bet. There's still yep. guys that if that's who 
is the next guy up on the list. I'll probably still wait just a little bit because we talked again last week about guys like Matt Stafford. He's going to keep falling, and I'd rather just take somebody else in a position uh, other than quarterback when it gets to that round. That's true, yeah. I don't have anything uh, more to say about Kyler Murray. You put everything, yeah, everything I was going to say, you said it. <laughs> so, All right, we uh, can move along then. Uh, let's talk about running backs. Of course, the top drafted running back from 2019 was Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. and he was fine. Yeah, I wouldn't say he was amazing. He wasn't like another Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott as the first running back off the board. Um, no, he was serviceable. He probably went a little too high in some regular drafts. Um, cause I know there were some people taking him in the second and third round. And I guess that was, uh, there were worse options, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> he didn't really fit the bill, especially when it got to the fantasy playoffs because he was mm, hurt yeah. for most of it, and then the other parts of it, if you were leading up to the playoffs, he got a five at the Jets, although the Jets were mm. better at the run than we expected them to right. be for most that's of the true. year. Uh, 13 mm. at the Chiefs, and that's a little uh, underwhelming because the Chiefs were terrible versus the run for most of the year. <laughs> Out versus the Titans and the Jaguars were also terrible against the run, and he got a 16. So it was okay, but yeah. it wasn't a awesome performance that you were hoping for. So, Josh Jacobs, yeah. what did you think about his 2019 season? Well, when you're looking at a a running back that is drafted as high as he was this last year, which, again, wasn't super high, but it was high enough to where you expected something out of him, you needed at least 20 points per game. And you only got 17, 18 points per game on average. It's just not... It's not what you want. It's a, just a little underwhelming. Uh, basically, what you said, you expected more out of him. You were hoping for more out of him, and maybe not expecting because he's a rookie. I always tend to say, watch what you're expecting out of rookies. But you were hoping for a little more because of Saquon, because of all these successful running backs that have come right out of college and been really good that rookie season. So you were kind of hoping for more and you just didn't get that it that you wanted out of them. Yep. It was just, it, it was fine, but you don't want fine out of your second yes. and third round yep. picks. You want them to be exactly what you hope them to be and be the leaders. So you don't have to worry so much. And then when you do get a fine player in rounds five and six, your first and second and third rounders are making up for those guys just being fine. Um, Another guy who ramped up and towards the end of the year actually looked really good, and that gets me really excited, Miles (laughs) Sanders. Yeah, uh, this guy has a really bright future, and I think I texted you um, early in the season saying, wow, Miles Sanders, you know, he's got some promise and he definitely had a very consistent year. There was a couple games where it's like, Ooh, well, what was that? I mean, obviously week one, we're going to get rid of that because it's week one and he's a rookie. All right. But then there's a couple other games where he scored under 10, but everything else was extremely consistent. And he, to me is the best rookie running back in this class. I didn't want to say it because it feels very homerish. Um, and now we're looking at the flag league. He did have some kick return yards um, in there right. from time to time. So yep. that kind of inflated his value in that league a little bit. But down the stretch, I mean, he was getting 
anywhere between 15 and 20 carries. And then he was getting five and six targets a game. That is a perfect uh, combination to get around 20 to 25 touches a game. And that's when he got four of his six touchdowns were in the last uh, five games of the year. So he had 63 total targets on the year. He only had 179 rushes, but that was for 818 yards. So it's four and a half-ish yards a carry. That's fine for a rookie. And he really didn't get to get going until like week eight. Then he finally had a little bit of a breakout party. And there we saw, okay, maybe the Eagles actually have a real true number one guy. Maybe we get back to Brian Westbrook and Deuce Staley. <laughs> maybe some of those uh, types of plays will be you know ran for him, and he, he can be the guy instead of, well, I'm not touching a Philly running back because they've got <laughs> Sproles and they've got Jordan Howard and they've got Miles Sanders and they've got LeGarrette Blunt. They, right. There's too many, you know, Corey Clement, all these guys, I'm not oh, touching them. Yeah. But now they might just have their guy, and I okay, hope so. Well, that being said, <laughs> you got to tell me, where do you think he's going to be drafted this oh, next year? And do you think it's boy. going to be a value? Or an overstep? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I can see him going as high as the third round, and I think that's probably a little too high. If he is available in the fourth round, I will think about it probably pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) I think he'll be a value in the fifth. I think fourth is probably where he's going to go. I don't think there's any question about it. Somebody's probably already got a running back and they're looking for the spark of a player. And Miles Sanders is going to be that if he's in the fifth, if definitely if he's in the sixth, it's a guarantee for me, I will be drafting him. Definitely. Uh, I've got two more guys. We'll talk about at running back that were on the radar this year. First one, Devin Singletary. He showed mm-hmm. a lot of flashes, but it mm-hmm. almost feels like the bills didn't know how to use him. He would get in the game, and he would show uh, an electric-type play, and then all of a sudden they'd give it to Frank Gore, and, you know, he'd get Mm -hmm. two carries for three yards, and they'd have to punt. And you're like, well, why didn't you just keep Devin Singletary in the game? I love Frank Gore, but he really (laughs) wasn't the answer for the Bills this season. Devin Singletary looked like it, but they got to figure out how to get him involved the right way. This is a guy that I think is going to go late in drafts, and I'm going to absolutely snag him up. I think he's going to have a really good year. And I think they were just testing out what they had in the running game with Allen even as the quarterback. I mean, he's a he's a good running quarterback. I think this is going to be the year they're actually going to put something together for Devin Singletary, and it's going to be a really, really good value. I'm predicting a really – huge year almost i can i'm gonna to say top 10 out Ooh, of singletary that is uh quite the the bold is, predict <laughs> right now what i've what i've seen out of him when he's actually on the field and they're using him to the way they need to he is one of the best running backs i've seen in quite a while and i'm telling you I've, i'm in the nfc east as a jets fan i see more of him than maybe some other people true not a lot of obviously everybody's everybody these days because you know the internet and whatnot but yeah it's it, it, he just has this something that i can't get over and i think it's going to produce a lot of fantasy value all right yeah i don't know how late he's going to go because he had a lot of hype on him going into this year it's listen, as a late round pick 10, 
if he's in the top 10, like I'm kind of predicting here, it's going to be a value no matter where you get him because That's it's true. not going to be in the top 10 area. I could see him going as high as like the fifth round when running backs dry right. up and Miles yep. Sanders is going in the early fourth round, maybe the third round. You're like, okay, I've got to take somebody. Devin Singletary looks like he's got the best skill set left. I can see him dipping into the fourth round because I think this coming year, and this will be a whole nother episode, the mm-hmm. first round is going to be full of running backs. And so that second round is where the big name wide receivers are going to start going. And yep. the third round, more running backs are going to take it. And then it's just going to dry up. So you might have to take him earlier than you want if you want him. Yeah. But if he is a top 10, like Tom is predicting <laughs> right now, he will be worth it anytime uh, outside the third round. So. Absolutely. I'm sticking to it too. Cause I, when I get these little, predictions in my head it's it's something that i absolutely believe in now i've been wrong in the past you know that better than anyone Mm -hmm. but i don't think i'm (laughs) going to be wrong about this i've been right more often than i'm wrong at least in the last few years right we can go we can go way back and you can really point out some really bad no we won't this one i'm sticking with (laughs) okay one more running back and that's david montgomery he Mm. was in my opinion way overdrafted this last year he wasn't horrible but when you're taking him in the third and fourth rounds in regular startup drafts, which is a round or two uh, past where Josh Jacobs was going, you expect yeah. this guy to be your workhorse. Now, he did have 242 yeah. carries, but he only had 889 yards, which is under four yards a carry. And it's like three and a mm-hmm. half-ish yards a carry. And six touchdowns rushing, one receiving. That's just... That is not what you're looking for here's, out of a third and fourth round running back. Here's the thing with him. A couple things. First, he only had a 13-point average per game when it comes to fantasy football. And I, this is the positive side of this whole thing. I cannot possibly see the Bears offense being as bad as it was <laughs> this year. It has to improve. It can't be worse. It might be, It might be close to the same. But it can't be worse. So I have to think Montgomery's going to get a little bit of a bigger workload. They're going to figure out a way to do something with him because it just wasn't clicking. And that whole offense needs to be reamped. And maybe they're going to do that this year. And there's a chance that if you can get him late enough, it might be worth it. This is one of these guys I just I can't put my finger on right now. I don't want to even kind of predict it at this point. It's such a hard one to predict because, like you said, the Bears were just not good this year. Their passing game was not good enough to open up any kind of running game, and their running game was not good enough to open up any kind of play-action game. So they were just kind of at a standstill most of the year. I mean, you would get a decent game out of them. Like, you see, 25 points versus the Eagles. Well, it was on 14 carries for only 40 yards, but he found the end zone twice. So you got lucky there. It was just a, a weird a weird time of yeah. him getting points. And then, of course, he ends the season against a Vikings team that had nothing to play for. He gets 20 points, well, 100 yards, and a touchdown. And, yeah. you know, it really doesn't mean anything because he was going against mostly second stringers. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And he will get overdrafted again this next year. Whether, whether he lives up to his draft potential this coming year 
it, it remains to be seen. But because he looks like he could be a workhorse running back, and Tariq Cohen looked like he took a step way back this last year, people will go after David Montgomery, and they will draft yep. him in the third and fourth round. I guarantee it. Boy, third round is really, really pushing it. I If somebody does that, there's just no way I can do that. I, I cannot do that. I'd much rather have Singletary or Miles Sanders. I, I, it, honestly, Singletary is going to go late, but I'd much rather have him than Montgomery at this point. I need to see something more out of him before I can draft him that high. Definitely. All right, that means we got wide receivers and tight ends left, so we'll kind of mm-hmm. go through those a little quick um of course now i'm not on the right uh spot here uh well let's just right. let's just start with dk metcalf a guy who yeah, yeah really turned it on and looked like the type of calvin johnson threat that he could be yes. uh later in the season he, he wasn't consistent all year nope. long but he showed you enough that after he gets uh, a little more time in the offense and Russell Wilson gets a little more confidence in him, he could replace Tyler Lockett as the number one threat on the team. I'm not saying Tyler Lockett isn't good, but they might have to shade towards DK now, and Tyler Lockett might be the play in a lot of games next year again. Yeah, DK has a very big opportunity to be something extremely special and that's going to push his draft um round it's going to go higher than it probably should the problem is is i love dk metcalf so (laughs) it's gonna it's gonna hurt to see him being taken because i'm not probably going to take him where people are going to draft him i just think there's other people out there that are more of a sure thing than dk at this point dk to me i think has the biggest uh, opportunity he's his his ceiling is as high as it can get but there's just it wasn't consistent like you said you got a 13 a 9 a 1 <laughs> a 12 and then you got a 7 and then you it's just it wasn't consistent and even if it was somewhat consistent it's 13 12 16 you didn't really get anything except for like a 27.9 game out of them uh, it, everything was very low level consistent and not the high-level consistent. So I worry a little bit about him. I do think there's time to see with him, and I I absolutely think there's a huge possibility, like I said before the season began last year, that he could be a Calvin Johnson 2.0. Here is the upside with DK right now. Yeah. With his 58 catches and 900 yards and seven touchdowns, that's pretty good for a rookie. Now, the upside here is – he had a hundred targets and there were a lot of deep balls that missed just by a little bit. He almost had a touchdown against the Eagles. Probably should have had a touchdown against the Eagles. <laughs> um, I think there was another deep play maybe versus the Cardinals or Niners uh, later on that he probably should have got too. So there are some plays that they just need a little bit more timing and it, it's, there's going to be a lot more touchdowns for DK yes. Metcalf, his his catches might not go up by a bunch. His targets might not go by, up by a bunch, but they just need to get on the same page just a little bit more. And he will be a guy that, not next year, um, my guess is he's going to be 
a mid-round pick next year, like sixth, yeah. seventh. Somebody's going to take a chance on him that high, and hoping. It, it's, it can be worth it. It can if be. If you're hoping for the Calvin Johnson type of player, 100% take the chance. But I just don't know if that's going to happen this year. It's going to be – if it's going to happen, it's going to be like four years in. Yeah. And then I think it'll be a big a big time <laughs> I mean, at that point, if you're if you're in a dynasty and you're just starting up now, you'd want to take them. Yeah. Especially in the sixth round, because I trust me, it's gonna be worth it in the long run. It will be worth it. All right, let's move along to guy who kind of captured our hearts towards the end of the season, but that was because we were big Ryan Tannehill fans. <laughs> AJ Brown. His yeah. last half of the season was pretty darn good. It got Good consistent later on. His worst game, uh, he d- had one catch for 34 yards, but he had a rushing touchdown for 49 yards uh, mm-hmm. down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs. He was money. Um, he had a 34-point game, which would have been in the first point round of the fantasy playoffs. Um, but when Ryan Tannehill finally found confidence in him, he, yeah. he was a guy. He had 5, 4, 7, 13, 2, and 8 targets uh, and, and the Titans were winning. So yes. it looks like a recipe for success, whether or not they still have all the same pieces next year. That's a good question. But I think yeah. AJ Brown is going to be a guy that you can count on to be consistent from here on out. I agree with you. And here's why, because the Titans used Derrick Henry so much at the end of the season that people are going to say, well, they're going to run the ball a lot. I don't know how much I can trust in AJ Brown, even though he had a really good season i mean honestly out of all in the flag league he's the highest wide receiver and for rookies so he had a really good season i really think it's going to be a consistent season next year um and i and i have no problems drafting him um this next this next year i don't think it's going to be spectacular but i think with Tannehill, because i do believe Tannehill will be the quarterback mark my words on that (laughs) And it's going to be a lot of the same that we may have saw towards the end of the season. It probably won't be super high numbers like we saw this right, year of course. out of them. But, I mean, I mean, you, to get 34, 26, I mean, that, these are numbers you're probably not going to get. But I'm, I'm thinking more around 20 per game, which is going to be plenty enough. That's what you want out of somebody like this because he's not going to be one of the top – drafted wide receivers and you're going to get this guy and it's going to be a value i think he'll stay consistent i really like him a lot this next year here's how i think aj brown's going to get drafted next year he Mm -hmm. is going to get drafted like emmanuel sanders has been over the course of his career and he's not exciting so he falls to the seventh eighth round if he falls that way i'm taking him a lot mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. So we will see about A.J. Brown. I have some high hopes, and he's on my radar. A yeah, guy that's absolutely. probably not on my radar, though he shows flashes of his speed and brilliance and scores a lot of touchdowns compared to the amount of catches he's gotten, is McCole Hardman. He had oh, six yeah. touchdowns on 26 catches. That's obviously not sustainable, and he only had 41 targets most of his points in the flag league came on return yardage and that right. kind of deal. So he wasn't at the top of the list, but he was worth a start in that league just because he did yeah, consistently get yardage wherever he was touching the ball. Yeah, and I mean, if you're getting 
if you're in a flag league type of thing where you're getting the return yards, he's worth having on your team. Although I just, there's what's going to happen in the draft. And it's, it's hilarious to me is people are going to say, Oh, McCole Hardman. He's the, he's on Kansas city. He's got my home stone to him. I got to get him. And I just don't, I just don't know if it's going to be worth it in most of your regular leagues where it's not counting the kick returns and punt returns right. and stuff like that. So it, it really depends a little bit on Sammy Watkins. Yeah. So I, I'd like to, I'd like to see <laughs> what happens if Sammy is not playing at all. So I think McCall does have a little bit of value there, but it, it, there's not a lot for me to say it's worth having him on my team. Yeah, that, that's about it on McColl. I mean, he is a long shot uh, in yeah. normal leagues. Um, somebody who I think is probably going to be, and he was fairly consistent for the last half of the season this year. This is somebody I know Network's got his eye on, and that is Debo Samuel. He, you know what? <laughs> He's got my eye. I, I, I am looking hard at him because I really didn't pay a lot of attention to him until the end of the year. And then it started thinking, well, who, who is this Debo Samuel guy? All of a sudden, like I obviously knew who he was and I paid somewhat of attention to him, but I didn't expect him to be what he was this year. And I think he's going to have a really solid year next year. And who knows, because you got a quarterback. I mean, let's, let's, let's be real right now. Okay, that team, if they can run the ball the way they have been, Debo isn't going to be much of a threat. But that's going to not work every single week. And I believe that Debo is going to have a a very, I don't want to say very <laughs> successful, I think he's going to have a mediocrely successful year. And I think it's worth having on your team. He is definitely going to be, in my opinion, a good flex play all year long next year uh, with a possibility of being in that wide receiver two category. Because if you look, anytime he had like six or more targets, he had a bunch of catches and a bunch of yards. Whether or not he got mm-hmm. touchdowns, uh, like the last game of the year, he had five catches for 102 yards. All right. Then he had two carries for 33 yards and a touchdown. So he is involved. I mean, he's had... Uh, 14 carries total on the year. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that is from the wide receiver. He's basically getting a couple carries a game when they started getting him involved. So there's some trickery there. Maybe next year they throw in, oh, he's going to start throwing on those little end of rounds. (laughs) And and you can have the possibility of those types of points. So, and you got to consider that Manuel Sanders is probably not going to be there next year. Also very good point. He's going to bump up on the on the chain there a little bit as well, and, and you know the more reps he gets with Garoppolo, and you know, it's just it's something you got to keep your eye on. I'm not really completely willing to predict a, <laughs> one of these guys, just like Montgomery. I'm not really comfortable predicting his future, but he's actually got more of my interest than Montgomery does. I think Debo has a really bright future. It's just when do I think it's going to bloom? to the point of complete success. All right. One more wide receiver we're going to talk about, then we'll kind of lump the tight ends in all together because none of them really kind of, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Uh, one more wide receiver who started off the year and we we're like, oh my, is that really what they have? Hollywood Brown, he, he oh, came yeah. out even the first two weeks, if you look at it, he had, 
only five targets in week one where the Ravens completely demolished the Dolphins, had two touchdowns on four catches. Then the very next week, he did it just the opposite way. He had 13 targets, eight catches, and 86 yards. And then from that point forward, you had no idea what you were going to get out of Hollywood Brown. It was either a couple of points or 14, 18, 20. Um, Wow. Uh, They obviously do not have a great wide receiver crew, so he has got the opportunity to be the guy. It almost hurts him, though. If they had another guy that, that Jackson could throw to that was a little more confident with, it would give him a more opportunity to get open, you know, you know, get, he's a really good deep threat, but this entire team still is a running team, regardless of how good he can be. Jackson's going to run the ball. It's still going to be all running, running, running. They're going to throw a few times, but it's just, it's just not, ah, there's just something about Hollywood Brown that I really, really love like but then there's something just like what is the real point to having him (laughs) on my team when i don't think there's going to be a consistent amount of points every single week this is maybe somebody you can get in the best ball next year again that's something we're going to have to look at in the future Uh, it's really hard to predict him as well because i just don't see the passing being quite there where I'd like it to be with him. And they need they definitely need another veteran receiver to take a little bit of the pressure off of him. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders. You never know. I mean, that could be a good fit for them, honestly. We'll have a uh, free agent episode here soon and do our <laughs> early, early predictions on where everybody's going to sign. <laughs> um, but we'll do the rookie tight ends real quick because just, what? yeah, it was not a good. <laughs> I made a prediction where I thought the rookie tight ends were finally going to be something you could count on, and that was totally not correct. <laughs> um, the highest tight end out of all the rookies, who I thought was going to be one of the best ones, was Noah Fant. He was yeah. 19th overall, so nothing special, but he did start getting some targets down the stretch. Not a lot, yeah. but he had uh, he had a game, four catches, 113 yards and a touchdown. He had another game where he had 10 targets. So, you know, it's um it's uh, it's worth taking a look at. I'll say <laughs> that. But when you got somebody who's not even averaging seven points per game, it's just like, okay, this is just not what I need out of a tight end. But tight end is one of the posi- few positions. It's the only position <laughs> that there's complete garbage like everywhere. And if you don't have one of the top five guys, you don't have anything. So you might as well take a little flyer on somebody like no. because there's just nothing else worth having at that point yeah we will i will continue to dig on the tight ends into next year and we will probably tell you you might as well just punt the tight end position again Mm -hmm. i mean if you're not willing to take george kittle or travis kelsey with one of your you know second or third round picks there's no point just keep waiting and take a couple of you know flyers i mean austin hooper even though he missed three games and had a couple of bad ones after he came back from injury, still was the number six overall tight end, and you were not taking him outside of probably the eighth, ninth overall tight end in drafts last year. So tight end's going to be weird. Now this is the really dumb thing. We didn't even talk about this tight end, who was the second highest point-getting tight end of all the rookies. We didn't even talk about him last year. 
Irv Smith, who is <laughs> yeah. probably eventually going to take over for Kyle Rudolph, but he just didn't do anything spectacular all I, year long. I do believe we talked about him very, very <laughs> Oh, early. I'm sure we mentioned his name. <laughs> and I, Well, I, you were actually somewhat high on him, if I remember. Not super high, but just like, you're like, this. This guy has an opportunity to take that. Something yeah. silly. But there's definitely something there, enough to where we needed to talk about it. So, yeah, it's a, it's it's an extremely poor <laughs> tight ends are always poor. It's not – It's if you have something that you don't like, you can pick him up and hope for the best because tight ends is just one of them. It's almost hard to even talk about these days because you have to have one of the top five guys. Otherwise, it's just – it's so disappointing to have a – I went through the whole year until I traded for a tight for end. For Mark Andrews, yeah. The yep. whole year <laughs> was just garbage, and it hurts. It hurts not just in fantasy, but it hurts in real life. You're just thinking, <laughs> this is the one position I need, because then everything works after that. But when you don't have it, you just not complete. <laughs> it's it's a tough it's a tough position in fantasy football and anything can work and Irv Smith is definitely something that you have to look at. Yeah, I mean the other the other tight ends out there, TJ Hawkinson, Dawson Knox, these guys yeah. just they didn't have enough. Um so we will have to wait and see on those guys as well. I forgot. I want to talk about one more person before we get out of mm-hmm. here. And that yep. is a wide receiver. And it was Terry somebody. McLaurin. Well, no. I mean, we could talk about okay. Terry McLaurin. But there's <laughs> a guy. We're, we're, we're missing a rookie quarterback and a rookie wide receiver. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of forget that the Redskins exist from most days. So <laughs> I guess we kind of glossed over those. It's all right. Um, McLaurin's going to be good. Just put it that way. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> um, one guy that was not fine this year, and a um, mm-hmm. long time ago when we did a draft recap, he was very, very highly spoken of, and I thought he was a good player mm-hmm. in college. And he got drafted mm-hmm. by you the need, right you team. Need the music during this. I need. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> you got to have it. Long time ago. During our draft recap episode, a lot of people wanted this person to be the next number one wide receiver for Tom Mm. Brady. Mm. We're talking about Nikhil Harry, Mm. who Mm. immediately went on IR. So Mm. his season was already in jeopardy of being lost. (laughs) And he didn't come back until after week 10 and came back against the Eagles. Horrible secondary. And had three catches for 18 yards. (laughs) Then the next week he had one catch for 10 yards. Mm. But it was a touchdown. Huge. 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 Against the Cowboys. And then a zero. And then a (laughs) 2.4. And then against the Bengals, he had two catches for 15 yards. And a touchdown. Oh, that's amazing. And then two for 21 against the Bills. And a whopping three for 29 against the Miami Dolphins. Wow. So, I'm not going to say I told you so, but... (laughs) But first, a deep sip from a very tall glass of I told you so. Mm. 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 (laughs) I told you not to Uh. take him. 
I told everybody out there, <laughs> don't take him. Unless you're in a dynasty league and you're willing to sit him in your taxi squad for the entire year. So if you did that, good job. If not, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I was one of the people willing to take a risk and hope that he would turn out to be something last year. You were dead on. Uh, sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes <laughs> I'm right. And sometimes it seems like you're always right for the most part. Except for the tight ends. I'm going to give put that one on your heart this year. Yep. And on that note, we're going to thank you for listening and watching. If you're on Twitch or Facebook, we've got uh, live feeds going every Monday night when we do this. And uh, coming up after this, we're going to do our NFL podcast called Fuel on the Fire. So stick around for that if you're out there watching live. Um, if not, uh, thanks for listening. And don't forget to stay fueled up after the Super Bowl.